The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know regarding politics Breaking it down Politics And welcome to another episode of Politrix. I am Mercer Prescott. Uh, the crew should be coming on the mic as we go on, taking care of business. You know, we all got our stuff to do. So I'm just going to go ahead and just jump right into it. And I'm going to try to do something a little bit positive today before I jump into the mucus of the week. <laughs> so uh, anybody who's seen the movie uh, Hidden Figures with uh, – Tarji P. Henson, I always mispronounce her first name, even though she's an amazing actress. Um, Katherine Johnson, who is the focus of that movie, she's the human calculator, as they call it, who uh, basically her and her cohorts did the, uh, the calculations for NASA, for, you know, for the space program, pretty much by hand. And um, she turned 100 years old this week. So that's an amazing accomplishment for anybody in this day and age. And when they asked her about it, she said, uh, I'm just lucky. The Lord likes me, and I like him. Keeping it simple. You know. This is a tweet from West Virginia State University. And they said, uh, this is from August 25th. And they said, today the university community gathered to dedicate a statue and scholarship in honor of our amazing alum, Katherine Johnson. The statue will serve as a source of inspiration to current and future students of all that is possible through dedication, hard work, and perseverance. So, congrats. And a little bit about Catherine from The, uh, from the Independent. They said, Ms. Johnson, who was born in 1918 in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, was the youngster of four children and showed a talent for mathematics and calculations at an early age. Because public education for black children was not available after the eighth grade, her parents arranged for her to attend high school on the campus of what is now West Virginia State University. So after graduating high school at the age of 14, she entered the historically black college where she studied maths and science. Among her tutors was the pioneering mathematician Angie Turner King. So Ms. Johnson eventually joined the National Advisory Committee on Aeronautics which would eventually become known as NASA. Okay. So once again, congratulations, uh, Catherine, and uh, hope you have many more. Yeah. So uh, I saw a meme. I posted it, really, and I really should have looked into it more, about uh, Serena Williams. So, you know, in the U.S., uh, well, in the French Open, uh, it was French Open, Serena Williams wore a uh, like a black cat suit and it was kind of modeled after uh, Black Panther. You know, remember that Serena just had a baby nine months ago and she had to have a C-section and there were complications after the C-section, which included a um, like blood vessels and the suit supposed to help her with that. You know, maybe that's why she modeled after Black Panther, like after his. Uh, you know, his uh, vibranium suit, you know, that helps keep her safe, you know. So the French Open didn't like that, so they actually banned her from wearing that suit. Now, the meme that I saw basically compared her and Roger Federer, who was also known for his style choices. So he wore a uh, black uniform when he was at, the, uh, at one of the tennis tournaments, and basically... Because he wore an all-black outfit, they called him Darth Federer, you know. So the meme that I posted basically was like, well, you know, they banned Serena, but, you know, Federer got a nickname. Now, while there were a lot of articles, the one thing I will say why I regretted posting that meme before I had a chance to fully look at it is because I couldn't find anything saying that Federer wore that uniform at the French Open, you know. Every, you know, he wore it at the U.S. Open. 
and I guess the U.S. Open is a little bit more, uh, I don't know, a little bit more carefree about these things. And, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of sexism in this thing, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try and downplay it because that would be that would be crazy if I did. But the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, I probably should have waited and researched that meme more because I would have at least given a disclaimer before I put it out there. I like to keep it real, as real as I can, and be fair as I can, you know. So uh, be back in one second. You know, I, I, I will say this, okay? I, I'm big on remote control stuff now, and I remember my friend, she had a remote control oscillating fan, and I was like, that's the laziest thing I've ever seen until I got a remote control oscillating fan. I'm like, this is awesome. It has a timer. I can shut it off, you know, so it's not blowing all night. It's great. So now I have, like, this remote control for my lamp because right now it's about 10 after 7. So it's still light out. But the sun's going down, so by the time I finish taping, it's going to be dark, you know, so I don't have the lamps on. So I had to, so I had to get up and go get the remote control for my lamp so that when it gets too dark, I could just turn the lamp on. Is it lazy? Yes. Is it American? Absolutely. <laughs> so, but uh, speaking of uh, lazy and American, Donald Trump I, I really wish I could have a week where I don't have to talk about this son of a bitch, but I'm going to have to talk about him today a little bit, you know, probably more than I really should. Uh, there was a little story about Donald Trump where he was, uh, he was at this event at this children's hospital, you know, and they were coloring in, they were, you know, he was coloring with the kids, and the press noticed that he colored in the flag, the colors of the flag wrong. Now, I will tell you, 99 times out of 100, this would be a non-story. For 44 out of 45 presidents, this would be a non-story. Because who cares? You're coloring. Color any way you want to. You want to make your giraffes black? Make the giraffes black. You want to make the pigs orange? Make the pigs orange. You know, your coloring is part of your imagination. But the reason why this becomes a little bit of a story is because it's Donald Trump. So you figure Donald Trump is embroiled right now in this whole controversy with the NFL. You know, basically, if you don't stand for the flag, you're a son of a bitch and you should be you should be fired. You know, and we all know Donald Trump is making things hard for the NFL because he wanted to be an NFL owner. And the NFL was like, no, because you're a you're a sack of crap. Your money doesn't make you, you know, money doesn't buy you class. So, no, you can't be an NFL owner. And, of course, you know, he started with the. uh USFL. There's a there was a I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but there's a net, there's a documentary on it about the USFL and how under Donald Trump's guidance they were pretty much obliterated. They went out of business, you know. And um, because Donald Trump is like I said, he's like a reverse King Midas. Everything he touches turns to shit, you know. But you so you figure somebody like Donald Trump who is basically all about America, you know. And like I said, it's still a non-story, but it just figures that somebody like Trump, who pretends to be a patriot, is the exact opposite of a patriot. Exact opposite. And I, he was there on behalf of, well, not on behalf of, but the, the Director of Health and, Health and Human Services, and they were talking about the opioid crisis. And my thing about the opioid crisis is basically there has been – for decades in America, you know, a lot of people getting hooked on drugs that are legal. You know, that's the weird thing. Alcohol is legal. There are so many alcoholics out there. You know, um, Ambien is legal. People get hooked on Ambien. All the stuff is, a lot of the stuff is legal. I mean, all right, you have drugs like uh, PCP, which I never remember being legal or, and I didn't even know still existed. People still smoke PCP. I'm like, who do you buy a PCP from? From Huggy Bear? Who the fuck is selling PCP in 2018? That's a drug that Dolomite was fighting against in Avenging Disco Godfather came out in like 76 or whatever year it came out. 
And you got cats smoking PCP today. That's absolutely ridiculous, I think. But, you know, stuff like Freebase, like crack, you know, stuff like that was never legal. But cocaine and heroin and opium used to be legal. But when they saw the damage it was doing, it became illegal. So I wonder if, and even something like Quaaludes, if you ever watch Wolf of Wall Street, and I've never seen the whole thing all the way through. I, I'm not that big a DiCaprio fan. But DiCaprio was talking about Quaaludes, and he said basically Quaaludes were sleep aid. And he said that, hey, if you take Quaaludes, people started to find out, you take Quaaludes and you don't go to sleep, it makes you feel amazing. I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't do drugs like that. But... Um, People start to abuse them, which is why they don't make quaaludes anymore. So if you're getting quaaludes, you're probably somebody's probably making it in their basement, you know, in their in their in their own little lab because they don't make quaaludes anymore because of all the abuse that went on with quaaludes. And another horrible faction of quaaludes is the fact that people use quaaludes as date rape drugs. So when you see like the old documentaries about like Studio 54, and they talk about people, you know getting high on quaaludes, and they, and they had a nickname for quaaludes. They called them leg spreaders because it just really just lowered your inhibitions. And people would use them like Bill Cosby was in a deposition that he used them as date rape drugs, you know, to get women in his bed. So it's, you know, even something like Adderall. Adderall is basically cocaine for children because it's basically the same effect as cocaine. But... Now you can get them in pill form, and now you can give them to your kids to help them read better, or I don't know. <laughs> so, but I mean, Donald Trump coloring the flag wrong is basically a non-story, but it just feeds into his ridiculous illiteracy. He's not illiterate; he can read. He's just not a he's just not a reader. Okay, so there was a poll that came out from the Wall Street Journal. And a couple of disturbing things came from this poll, right? Number one, the fact that Donald Trump has a 44% approval rating. That's ridiculous. That's way too high for Donald Trump and the job he's been doing. So I don't know when they took the poll, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's been doing a shitty job, but one of the reasons why he's at 44% is that uh, Republicans, and here's, here's the, the, the huge divide between Republicans and Democrats when it comes to uh, their guy, right? I'd have to dig up old polls and find out how, Democrat, how Republicans felt about Obama, even at their lowest, okay? But in that poll, Democrats' uh, favorability rating for Trump was 10%. 10% favorability rating for Trump. You had a favorability rating for Trump among Republicans, 90%. 90% favorability rating for Republicans. That is absolutely ridiculous. So 90% for Republicans, 10% for Democrats. And then you still have these dumbass corporate Democrats who were sitting around like, you know what? We need to reach across the aisle. Man, if I ever hear a corporate Democrat say that around me, I'm just going to karate chop them right in the throat. And all you're going to hear... And at least I'm going to give him a, a judo chop right in the throat. Because that's some – that poll – I mean, yes, it is only one poll. Okay? Let, let's just be realistic about it. Let's rein this in a bit. Yes, it is only one poll. Yes, it is uh, Wall Street Journal, which is a very Republican uh, publication. But, honestly, do you really think that uh, – I almost don't even know what to say about it. Like, why, what indication are we getting that if you try to give, you know, give logic to Republicans, that they're going to be like, well, you know, maybe you were right the whole time. What about Republicans these days are giving you that? Here's the thing. I was watching um, TYT, Young Turks, and they were talking to people at Trump rallies, which they often do. You know, at least they still have the faith and that sort of thing. I do not. And they talked about, they asked this one guy why he loves Donald Trump so much. He was going on and on about his business acumen. And then the reporter mentioned that, yeah, well, Donald Trump went bankrupt six times. And the dude didn't even know that Donald Trump went bankrupt. 
and they made a great point. And their point was basically, hey, you know, they talk all this stuff about Donald Trump, but they don't really talk about the real Donald Trump. They don't talk about the fact that he bankrupted three casinos because he put them all in the same town and then took loans on them at 14%. I'll tell you this. Half my student loans are at 6.8%, almost 7%. That half of my student loans is murdering me right now. And Donald Trump borrowed millions of dollars at 14%? Mm, that does not scream good businessman to me. It really does not. It screams dumbass. Okay? So Donald Trump misquoted that poll, Right? Because he said that, you know, 90% among Republicans, that was definitely true. But then he said he had a 52% overall rating. That is absolutely false. The 52% is his unfavorability rating. He only had, like I mentioned before, a 44% rating. You know. So, but you figure he has a 44% rating and Republicans have him at 90% but he still overall manages a 44%. And like I said, it's because these Republicans don't, either don't know or they don't care. And it's shocking that somebody would not know how many times Donald Trump went bankrupt or that he went bankrupt at all. So even if you only thought he went bankrupt two times, he still didn't know at all that he went bankrupt. So what news are you watching that doesn't mention that? Well, of course, Fox News. They had that poll a few years back where they, they studied, uh, you know, they talked to people who watch all these different news shows, and they found out that people who watch no news are more informed than people who watch Fox News. And now you're seeing that in action. Seeing it in action, you know. And not just the fact that Donald Trump is a moron, not just the fact that He's bad at coloring, which means he would, he would probably fail first grade right now if he had to go back. But his treatment of John McCain. Now, we, it's funny. We talked about John McCain on the Saturday show. So on the Saturday show, we talked about at that time, John McCain had stopped his cancer treatments. And I think he died later on that day. You know. So he was, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing about John McCain's life. There were so many documentaries and tributes out there that talk about John McCain's life. So I'm not going to recap all that. But what I will say is that Donald Trump's treatment of John McCain is just absolutely ridiculous for a sitting president. There was one thing I hadn't had a chance to verify it, so I don't, because I saw it in a meme, but it was from an extremely reliable source. So I don't want to denigrate that. But when he asked John, when he asked uh, Trump, about John McCain, that he refused, that he just sat there in his chair and folded his arms and refused to answer the question, and then they ushered the, the press out of the room. You know, so the last I heard that, uh, uh, what's his name, Mike Pence is going to speak on, on Trump's behalf, that Trump's not going to say anything about John McCain. And you figure you have somebody who's all about the troops. Yay, 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 troops. The troops, troops, troops. Got to respect the troops. Got to support the troops. Well, John McCain was a Vietnam, he's a, he was a Vietnam War hero. Okay? When, when the North Vietnamese found out that John McCain was uh, the son of a high-ranking military figure, they were going to let him go. And he refused to go unless everybody that was captured was released. You know, who does that? You know, there are some people who would do that, definitely, but not a whole lot. You know, and that's, that's something, it, it's one of those things where it keeps me from, because I'm not, I'm not in line with John McCain's politics all the time. You know, remember the type of guy he is. I know politics can dirty people up, but... You know, and, I, and I've been, I've downed John McCain many times, but there have been some times where he's come through, like healthcare, like Obamacare, he's, he came through, you know. But Trump is still, he's so petty and he's so small, you know, that even when 
someone like John McCain passes away. Like they had to they had the flag at half mass, which they're supposed to do when someone like that dies. And after like a day or two, we put it back up to full mast, even though Congress still had theirs down at half mast. And the last I heard, they did put it back down to half mast. I mean, you have to be because he was getting all that backlash about it, you know. And um, it's absolutely ridiculous that we just have this man baby as president. He's a man baby. He really is. I'm surprised he's not wearing diapers under there. He's so much of a man baby. You know, I said it before. I can say it now because Blue's not on yet because he's a very visual person, and I, and I don't want to, you know, set him off because, I mean, and I mean that, you know, he's a very visual guy. So if I say things, he just imagines it, and he's just like, ugh, because sometimes I get a little graphic with my analogies. But I, I will repeat what I said on Saturday. Donald Trump is the cyst on America's nutsack. He really is. He's just human garbage. And the fact that 90% of Republicans love this guy, I don't have a whole lot of hope for America as a whole. I really don't. You know? Speaking of, of not having hope for America, uh, well, before I talk about Miss uh, Miss Tommy Lauren, you know, let's talk about Anna Navarro. So Anna Navarro, I've seen her on CNN a few times. I don't watch CNN like that. So in other words, if I see clips of her on YouTube, because I don't actually, I don't have cable. So even if I had cable, I wouldn't watch CNN. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, you know. Uh, well, Anna Navarro, she is uh, she from Nicaragua? I think she is. I think she was born in Nicaragua, and I didn't read her whole. I didn't read her full bio, you know. But she's actually I I, I wouldn't know this from listening to her speak. She's actually a Republican. Did not know that she's a she's a Republican strategist, you know. But she's on CNN, and every time I see clips of her, she's railing on Donald Trump, you know, telling some guest to shut their fat mouth because they came out their face and said something stupid. Like, she's a, she's a firebrand on that show. So, uh, and she just really hates Melania Trump. She can't stand Melania. You know, she rags on her all the time. So, for instance, I didn't get to, I didn't, when I pulled this tweet, I didn't, I didn't get the date, so I apologize, and I pulled it on these tweets. But Anna Navarro was basically like, I guess when it's Melania's family, it's family reunification and should be applauded. Everybody else, it's chain migration and must be stopped. You know, so Anna says some of the things that other people want to say and they just don't say it. You know, because it's absolutely true. You know, Melania's parents are now U.S. citizens through chain migration. The very thing that if a Mexican does it or if an African does it, it's horrible. Yeah. So I, I don't understand how this hypocrisy flies with some people. I really don't. But Anna Navarro had a tweet the other day. She said, I was on vacation and I swore I'd stay off political Twitter. But damn girlfriend's lack of self-awareness and any sense of shame for her husband's use of the presidency to bully others is hard to ignore. The only plausible explanation here is Melania suffered oxygen deprivation to the brain. Damn. So she just came right out and said in an eloquent way that, yo, this bitch got brain damage. Because <laughs> why else would she not figure that uh, she's doing anti-bullying and she's in bed with America's biggest troll? You know, literally in bed. I don't know. See, I, don't, I doubt they sleep in the same room. She probably sleeps on the couch like Trump sleeps, you know, in the bed in that lopsided mattress with his orange stained sheets. <laughs> <laughs> All of his bath towels have orange poop on it. But um, Tommy Lauren weighed in, and she was getting on Anna Navarro, you know, and calling her out and then saying, like, what if we, what if uh, Fox News, what if Republicans treated Michelle Obama that way? And I was just like, yo, this bitch is free, this bitch is basing. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? If they treated Michelle Obama that way, you have Fox News cats who were literally like Bill O'Reilly, who were literally calling her a man. 
you figure when Michelle Obama, one time she wore a sleeveless shirt, as women do sometimes when they have the arms to pull it off, they, they went insane. They said that was not presidential, you know. When she, when she had a garden in the White House, you know, Republicans flipped out. When she tried to help out with the school lunch program, Republicans flipped out. You know, Republicans only cite freedom when they just don't want to. It's freedom for Republicans is basically an excuse of you can't tell me what to do. And I can just imagine some trailer park Republican just sitting around. You can't tell me what to do. So what if my kid is 12 years old and got three chins? So what every time his cell phone goes off, people think he's backing up? So what if he gets stuck on a slide at school? So what if he passes out when he's taking a dump? So what if his shadow weighs 40 pounds? My baby likes pizza. And this way, I ain't got to cook. My southern accent is terrible. It really is. But I can just imagine that's going to be people's excuse. Like why, you know, your fat-ass kid can't have a salad is because of freedom. You know, if his school wants to serve him pizza four days a week, let him have pizza four days a week. You know, apples are for suckers. <laughs> I'm a big guy now, you know, and I suffer with some of my, my health issues. But when I was a kid, I was very fit because I was still a big eater, but I was an outdoor kid. You know, my parents figured out the way to punish us, you know, is not to give us beatings when we were bad, just keep us from going outside. And that was the punishment. And we'd literally be in the window looking at outside, just crying, just mad. Because D.L. Hewley said, we'll take the beating and go out and play. We, we'll be outside playing and crying, but we outside. You know, a lot of these kids are very sedentary. Like, I... I the older I got, the more sedentary I got. So that's when my eating came back to came back to bite me. You know, but a lot of these kids they're like that now, and you know, having a good lunch at school because for some kids, uh, school lunch is basically their only meal. You know, if you come from a, a poor family, you know, they rely on the school feeding these kids, and if these kids are getting fed crap, then what's the point? You know, people always, uh, somebody asked a question on one of these magazines, it might have been Maxim or one of those magazines where they call in, where you write in and they ask questions, or well, they email the questions in now. But somebody made, asked a question about why homeless people are always, like he always, like I guess in this neighborhood he sees a lot of homeless folks, but they're always like fat. And they said it's basically because, and one of the reasons why, not the main reason, but one of the reasons why is that if you're homeless, you know, it's not you can afford a salad. It's not you can afford orange juice, you know, something like that. Most of the food they buy is very cheap and very processed, you know. So, I mean, they were okay with feeding our kids crap because it was Michelle Obama. I'm pretty sure if Laura Bush came up with that school lunch program, they would think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Maybe Melania should have did that. I mean, she copied everything else off Michelle Obama. Why couldn't you just copy her school lunch program and keep that going? As opposed to, uh, you know, anti-bullying. Really? Really? Come on. So either Melania doesn't know what she's doing or she has people around her who don't know what they're doing. But either which way, she's going to get torched for that anti-bullying horseshit that she's doing. You, you better believe that. You know. But Tommy Lauren is basically she's either I don't even know what to call Tommy Lauren. I can't even call her a clown because clowns have talent. I can't even call her a buffoon because buffoons are entertaining. You know. Somebody like Tommy Lauren, you figure... And she says this with a straight face because you could always tell like some of the Fox News folks are, are slightly uncomfortable. You can kind of see that slight tinge of uncomfortableness in what they do. So they come in and then you just hear them say what they have to say and then you can just feel that they're just like, God, I hope this check clears because I'm, I'm selling my soul here. I'm really selling my soul here. So God, I hope this check clears. You know, 
But Tommy Lauren, she just she just doesn't care. Just out with it, you know. You figure, right? Like for instance, uh, Molly Tibbetts, the young woman who was murdered. Uh, she went missing about a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago, and uh, they finally found her uh, her killer, and he actually brought the police to her body. You know. Now it goes back and forth with this guy because. Uh, the press says that he's here. He's here in the country illegally. The uh, his lawyer says that he is in the country legally. Now they didn't say what he had that made him legal. So I'm going to guess that if he didn't have a green card, because I figured the press would have found him if he had a green card, that he probably has a work visa because he was working on a farm at the time. I won't get too big into Molly Tibbetts' stuff because there's still a lot of stuff that just doesn't make any sense about it. And I'm not saying this guy didn't do it. I'm just saying, you know, from what he said, it just sounds like, all right, well, let me just say this. It was literally like as Molly went jogging, right? She was uh, pet-sitting for somebody, and she decided to go out for a jog, right? And as she was jogging, she came up across the uh, – the alleged assailant, and this is his story. So his story was he approached her, right? And I don't know what he said to her, but she, but he said that she said that she was, you know, you need to leave me alone or someone to call the cops. And then she was going for her phone, and then he blacked out. And then when he woke up, when he came out of it, she was dead, and then he just decided to, to bury her. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, that is the thinnest story I've ever heard in my life. He just blacked out. Now, put, I'll put it like this, okay? If he didn't confess to it and if he didn't lead the cops to where the body was, I wouldn't say that he was, he was totally innocent, but I would just say there's something else going on. But just the fact that he led the cops to the body was like, okay, I guess he did it. But his story just sounds stupid. It really does. And it, it, it doesn't help the Tibbetts family because – they still don't really know why their daughter had to die. This girl was 20 years old, you know. But the thing I don't like about uh, the press, especially the right-wing press, is that, you know, they harped on the fact that this guy was in the country illegally or at least not a citizen, okay? That we can definitely agree on that he's not a citizen, okay? So he didn't have a green card. He's not a citizen. So... He probably had a he probably had a visa because he was working on a farm, and the farm, by the way, was supposedly run by a Republican donor. But I need to look into that more. I don't want to tell lies like that. But Tommy Lauren is basically uh, using Molly Tibbetts' death to demonize illegal immigrants, which, on its face, is just absolutely ridiculous, right? And here's the thing. Molly Tibbetts' family is not having it, you know. They lived in, in Iowa, right? And so I see two headlines. I didn't look at the articles, but I see two headlines. Molly Tibbetts' father ignores Trump. Thanks Hispanic community for, for search help, uh, you know, when they were looking for, for Molly. And then there was another one from Rolling Stone. This is Molly Tibbetts' murder. Family members push back on racist false narrative. Here's the thing I've never understood about crime in America. You know, if it was done by, and, and, and I've made this comparison before, back in my younger days, you know. And when I was, I'm still anti-legal immigrant, but not as much as I was, say, like in the Bush era, you know. I look back at, you know, I'm clearing out a whole lot of data from my old computers, and I saw a lot of my old political cartoons from the Bush era. And some of them made me cringe. Some of them were very, you know, whenever I take tests, like those, uh, those goofy tests to say, like, how Republican are you or how Democratic are you? The only part of me that ever tests, like, really Republican is my stance on immigration. Now, I am, of course, not anti-immigrant, because that would be absolutely ridiculous. I am the proud son of immigrants. My parents are immigrants from the West Indies. So for me to be anti-immigrant would be ridiculous and stupid. But 
illegal immigration, and like I said, I'm not, you know, build a wall. Like, no, don't build a wall. But let's just, if people want to come to this country, let's make it easier for them to come to the country. You know, but the problem is when you have Republicans and they're just so, all that Fox News just makes them afraid. Like every second of every day, they're just afraid. They're just terrified. Like they don't want, uh, you know, they don't want anyone else in the country but them. And they think that for some reason that if, if there was no blacks, no Hispanics, no Jews, no, you know, no anyone else but just white folks. Talk about the the racist that is, that everything would just be okay. Now, they would just simply find someone else to to get on. It's kind of like our presence in the Middle East. The only reason why these people hate us is because, you know, we're their enemy. But if we weren't in the Middle East, if there was no U.S. presence in the Middle East, what would they do? They would fight each other over religious nonsense. You know how I know that? Because that's what they do all the time. You know, talk about Sunnis and Shiites. They're basically the same people with just different views on the Quran. And they hate each other for that. Yeah. But they got oil, so we got to intervene. <laughs> you know. But you figure... Look at it like this, right? No one ever digs into the root of the problem because digging into the root of the problem means actually doing something. And that's something that people just don't want to do. They just don't want to do anything, really. You know, they just want everything to just be there for them and not have to work for it, you know. And that's absolutely crazy, you know. They figure, well... You know, I'm an American, so everything should be like this. And, they, and then they're not fighting for it at all, right? If you want single payer, it's not just going to be, hey, I'm just going to sit here until single payer happens. No, you got to go out and vote. You got to go out and research people. You know, you got to find out who's the, who are the candidates that are going to go. And everyone has to do their part because if I elect one person, right, I vote for one person in Senate, who's going to vote for single payer, and the other 99 are not going to vote for it, what have I accomplished? Where, where 99, one down, 99 to go? No, everybody's got to do their part to get people in office who are going to do the things that are going to help us survive. And we are entitled to it because we pay taxes. You know, But this whole thing about, you know, People hating on immigrants, it's basically, it's easier than actually doing something. So it's so much easier for me to say, oh, these goddamn Mexicans or these, you know, these goddamn black people, as opposed to just looking at the lay of the land and doing something about it. And then maybe you just don't want to realize that maybe all the people you've been voting for for the last 30 years are the ones who've been holding you back this whole time. And maybe you just don't want to admit that. Because it is a hard pill to swallow. It's a pill that a lot of Democrats had to swallow in the 2016 election. That after the Bernie Sanders Pearl Harbor job, that people had to come to the realization, like me, you know, I admit it, it was a hard pill to swallow. I've been a Democrat since I was 17 years old when they, used to, when they let us uh, register to vote early. You know, of course, you know, you can't vote until you're 18. So when you're 17, they let you pre-register, Right. And I registered as a Democrat. And I've been a Democrat since I was 17. You figure that was 19, what, 88? I graduated from high school in 89. So uh, for almost 30 years, I was a Democrat. And I finally just, after the whole Bernie, and, I, and I, I've been seeing little bits and pieces here and there, and maybe my mind was just fighting it. And then after the Bernie Sanders Pearl Harbor job, I was just like, no more. I, I can't do this anymore. So now, I ha well, in my state, I have the luxury of virtue as an independent. But maybe Republicans are having a harder time doing that than we are, you know, which is why 90% of Republicans in that Wall Street Journal poll say that Donald Trump's doing a good job. They know he's not doing a good job. They know he's doing a shit job. They know he's a racist sack of crap. They know that that tax return, that, I mean, sorry, that tax cut is not, is only helping 
millionaires and billionaires is not helping the working class at all. Wages are the same, and now inflation is going up. And they know that. But they just don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit that they've been wrong their entire political careers. Like, for Democrats, we had to swallow those razor blades to wash it down with iodine. Republicans just aren't willing to do that. They're really not. I don't know if you want to call it cognitive dissonance. I don't know if you want to call it political cowardice. But anybody who thinks Donald Trump is doing a good job right now is a fucking jackass. And the fact that you have all these people hating on illegal immigrants is, I mean, and like I said, if you get deported, you get deported. I can't do nothing for you. But I don't put illegal immigration right now as like our top. I, if there were 100 things, I would put immigration like 95th talking about illegal immigrants because they are literally, and, and this is something where I had to change my stance on it too. They're literally, literally doing jobs that other people won't do. Oh, if you want to be an orange picker, now's your time. <laughs> if you want to pick lettuce for a living, now's your time. You know, but don't, don't feed me that horse. The only time I could ever see that happening, of course, is when in the, in construction, you know, I mean, anywhere else, You'd have to show me some, some data, some reliable – I don't mean your data from Breitbart. I mean reliable data, you know. But people don't really look to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is, hey, why are these people leaving their home countries and making this dangerous trek through Central America, through Mexico, through the desert to get into America? Let's put it in perspective a little bit, okay? Let's, let's put it like this. You're talking about – People trying to people from Central America trying to apply for asylum, right? Why would they want to leave their countries and come to us? And and I'm being uh, simple here, but I want you to want you to bear with me. Think about one thing, right? When they talk about all the violence going on in Central America right now, places like uh, El Salvador, Honduras, Venezuela, Guatemala, Colombia, you know, Panama, that people are fleeing violence in those countries that are pretty much controlled by the gangs. Cops, you know, don't know what to do. It's really bad. So you figure it like this, okay? These, these numbers, they fluctuate from different years, so I don't want you to hold these numbers as gospel. He holds these numbers as exact. I want you to use them as guidelines, okay? We talk about America and our problem with gun violence, right? We have a lot of gun violence in our country. So right now, our... Uh, our gun deaths per 100,000 is 4.62. So out of every 100,000 people that we have in this country, 4.6 people die from gun violence. Now, that 4.62 I took from the column of homicides. It's almost 13 gun deaths per 100,000. So these include accidental deaths, you know, suicide, stuff like that. But right now, the 4.62, we're just talking about homicides, Okay. So to put it in contrast, Japan has 0.06 uh, gun deaths per year. Okay? Iceland, 0.07. Australia, 0.18. Canada, 0.61. And in America, 4.62. So that is huge, right? That's really, really big. But think about something like Mexico, right? Mexico is higher than us. Mexico is 6.34. And they have horrible problems with gangs, right? The cartel runs a lot of stuff in Mexico. And there are people who run for office, and, and if the cartels don't like them, the cartels have them killed. And their gun deaths is 6.34, and that's the homicides, right? So what about Central America, okay? Panama, 14.36 gun deaths per 100,000. Colombia, 17.74 gun deaths per 100,000. Guatemala, 29.62 gun deaths per 100,000. El Salvador, 26.49 gun deaths per 100,000. Venezuela, 39 gun deaths per 100,000. And last but not least, Honduras, 66.64 gun deaths per 100,000. So why do you think these people are fleeing their homes and coming and braving the deserts and coming to America, right? And you figure a scumbag like Donald Trump is basically uh, 
is basically trying to deter them from coming into the country by taking their children. Let that sink in for just a second. You, you're living in a place like Honduras where people are getting killed every day. Venezuela, El Salvador, Guatemala, Colombia, you know, and people are trying to go to a, you know, flee for a better life because they may have seen a, a TV show where they talk about the Statue of Liberty, you know, and, that, and, and like I said, these people are applying for asylum. I think they have a good case, but Donald Trump just doesn't want people in the country who doesn't look like him. You know, if we really wanted to curb illegal immigration, what we should do is, why don't we help these countries with their problems? So people always say, well, you know, we're supposed to, we're like, we have the most influence in the world. Not really, not with Trump in power, but stick with me on this. Why don't we just help Central America with their problems? Why don't we help make Central America a much better place to live and then people won't want to leave and come to America? They'll just want to stay home. Right? But that requires effort. <laughs> that requires a plan. You know, the way I said it, I make it sound very simple, is very, is very complicated, but we're supposed to have these great minds why don't we just put together a plan to help El Salvador? Why don't we just help them, you know, talk about Central America as a whole. Why don't we do things to help them generate an income? You know, why don't we help them with their gang problem? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who wouldn't mind, uh, a lot of military folks who wouldn't mind going there and, and, and mixing it up with the gangs. And don't get me wrong. It's not like these are guys don't, it's not like these guys have pop guns. These guys are heavily armored, heavily armed. You know, weapons that they probably got from us, you know, from arms deals from us. But we got to do something, you know, because if not, because we either have to do one of two things. We either have to help Central America get back on track or accept all their refugees. We should do one or the other. Either A, accept the refugees, or B, help Central America. But this whole build-a-wall bullshit is not really going to work. You know. Figure like with the whole thing with trade tariffs. Supposedly Donald Trump is supposed to have an announcement today about uh, a new trade agreement with Mexico. And knowing how Donald Trump makes deals, I'm pretty sure Mexico is going to get the best of this deal. You know. But figure it like this. I, I heard someone say this on, one, on a radio show the other day, and I agree with them 100%. If you uh, basically, if you want, you know, we all we have all these trade deficits, right, with other countries. Some some people we have a trade surplus, like with Canada, we have a trade surplus. With other countries, we have a trade deficit. Okay, a trade deficit is not as it sounds, as we're as we're losing money. It basically just means that we import more goods from your country than we sell to your country, okay? So it's not like, so when they say there's like a $200 million trade deficit, it's basically just in goods going back and forth. It doesn't mean that we lost $200 million because, yeah, we spent money, but we get stuff in return, you know? So people hear trade deficit, they hear, you know, there's a $200 million trade deficit, and they think that we lost $200 million. No, it just means that we sell more things to your country, you know, we import more things from your country than we sell to your country. You understand? So, but why, you know, why do people buy from certain countries? It's usually for one of two reasons. Number one, Germany and Japan have the highest cost of labor in the world. But also, their goods are superior. Okay? You, think your, you think your phone works great because it's filled with Chinese parts? No, the Chinese, put it, they put it together, but there's not a lot of Chinese parts in, in your phone, if any at all. It's usually Japanese parts in your phone that makes your phone work so well. Jackie Chan once said about China and their goods if I had a choice between a Chinese TV and a Japanese TV, I would buy the, I'd buy the Japanese TV because the Chinese TV might explode. 
And Jackie Chan is from China, like from China. And he was just like, yo, I wouldn't buy this garbage. <laughs> but if, once again, go using the other example, if you want to curb all these trade deficits, then what you need to do is help these countries enact laws that, um, that regulate workers. And what I mean, um, when I say regulate workers, I, I misspoke. You know, regulate uh, employers, you know. Because the reason why people outsource jobs to Haiti, especially the like textile jobs to Haiti, is because you can literally, literally pay someone in Haiti 60 U.S. cents an hour or $1.20 U.S. to work. You can literally do that, you know. One U.S. dollar is worth like, I didn't look it up, I apologize, is worth like 60 or 70 uh, rupees in India. I think it's rupee. Yeah, it's rupee. Rubles is Russian. So, yeah, like 60, you know, uh, 60 or 70 rupees in India. So you can literally pay somebody in India, you know, $4 an hour, and they're getting like 100, you know, 240 rupees an hour. Rupees with a P, not rupees with a B. <laughs> Sorry. But I don't know how far that goes in India. You know, I haven't really looked that up. Like, my parents, my mother's from St. Lucia, and, you know, they do uh, EC money, Eastern Caribbean money. So one U.S. dollar is worth $2.65 in St. Lucia. I think that exchange is still about the same. Don't quote me on that. But uh, a tricycle, in, and I'm just remembering stuff that I saw on sale when I was there, and this was many years ago. Yeah, one U.S. dollar is worth $2.65 in St. Lucia, but a tricycle costs like $75, 75 Eastern Caribbean dollars. You know, gas, I think, over there was like 11 Eastern Caribbean dollars a gallon. Now, granted, that was in the 80s. So Lord knows what a gallon of gas costs now. Now, gas is expensive there because they import all of their gasoline. That's why it's so expensive in England, because they import all of their gasoline. There's no refineries here. So if you, go to, if you buy gas in the U.S., if you buy gas in places where they refine gasoline, like New Jersey or Texas, gas is generally cheaper because it doesn't have to go very far. If you have to import your gas, that's what helps that's one of the factors in the price at the pump is how far is that gas coming from. So I'm going to cut today's show a bit short. When I'm, when I'm flying solo, I don't like to just ramble on too much, you know. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut today's show short. So if I have any parting words, is basically I'm just going to reiterate my words from last week. I, I'm going to make this a case of do as I say, not as I do. So, you know, like I talked earlier about, you know, not reaching out across the aisle, you know, because Republicans are insane. <laughs> you know, but the problem is I know people who are Republicans. There are people who I grew up with, you know, who voted for Trump, and I don't love them any less, you know. So I'm looking at it more on a broad term, but don't do that. <laughs> you know, if you have individuals that are your friends who may have different political uh, affiliations than you, you know, don't treat them any differently. Like I, I mentioned a couple of weeks back to someone I used to game with, you know, and he's, he was rough around the edges. I mean, put it like this. I'm not going to lie. He's somebody who I would avoid in real life. Like if I seen this dude at the bus stop talking talking smack, I would just be like, just, I just put my headphones on, and just look at my phone. Like I wouldn't even bother with this guy. But we gamed for a while, and you know things were going pretty good. And like I said, he started spouting that whole, you know, kids deserve to be taken from their parents, BS. And I just couldn't handle it. I was just like, I ended up blocking him and, you know, unfriending him. Like that's too much for me you know, to say that those kids deserve what they got. But I still feel guilty about that to this day, you know, because here's the thing. If he had never talked politics with me, we'd still be gaming together, you know. So 
this is a case of do as I say and not as I do. You know, if you know people from across the aisle, people who you know personally, don't just cut them off just because they have different political affiliations than you. That's not, that's not a good thing. You know, like I said, I flop the handle sometimes because I just don't understand it. But, you know, it's not worth losing a friend or, or cutting off family members for political affiliations because in the end, they're still your friends and they're still your family. You know, so. All right. And that's another episode of Politrix. You know, we are, you can find this podcast pretty much wherever you get podcasts, except for Spotify and iHeartRadio. So I don't know what the deal is, but they're missing out. (laughs) All right. I will talk to you guys next week. Oh,